Welcome to Saving You is Killing Me, Loving Someone with an Addiction podcast. Loving someone with an addiction is a life of chaos. This podcast is to help you take back your power and build strength, hope, and restore peace in your life. We use the science and art of positive psychology, professionals in their field, along with personal stories of hope, resilience, and strength. We hope you can discover how the courage to focus on you can help put your life back together. When you are in a place of exhaustion, hopelessness, and emptiness, we are a community that knows all too well the turmoil that comes from loving someone with an addiction. We are here to help you compassionately struggle well. Hey there, you're listening to the Saving You Is Killing Me podcast hosted by me, Andrea Seidel. I'm the author and founder of Saving You Is Killing Me, Loving Someone With An Addiction. This podcast is for you if you're ready to find a way to struggle well, take back your power, and live life happier while you're navigating loving or losing someone to addiction. I wholeheartedly believe that when you love someone with an addiction, your life gets damaged in some way. Since we can't control someone else's addiction, but we are greatly affected by it, the number one thing you can do is take back your power and focus on you. I believe happiness, joy, and well-being is available to anyone. So the thoughts and perspectives I share here on the show are my own and those of the guests on the show. If you ever hear anything that feels harmful or triggering, I'm pre-apologizing and I'm open to being better and value any feedback and the permission to be human. That said, always take what you love, what feels good and leave the rest The conversations and tools I'll share here will give you everything you need to figure out exactly how to navigate addiction, put yourself first, and how to build resilience for your well-being in a way that feels really, really good. I use these tools to take back the power in my life to build my strength back up and restore peace, and I hope that you can do the same. Hey there, Andrea Seidel here. I hope you're doing as good as can be. I wanted to talk about this whole idea and concept around giving yourself permission to feel. It is so common and so normal to just kind of suppress feelings, to avoid maybe conflict, to avoid appearing vulnerable. I know for me, when I was in the muck of loving someone with an addiction, it was so many times I didn't want to be vulnerable. I didn't want to admit the emotions that I was feeling there. It was so hard. It was so hard to navigate the complexities of addiction and every dealing with so many ups and downs and actually not knowing what I was dealing with for so long. So basically the emotions that we have, they play such a huge role and we need to really delve into this idea of emotional intelligence and how it can play a role in how we thrive. So if we unlock the power of our emotions and we connect to emotions in a way that is all about, oh, like that these emotions are actually there for a reason. They're communicating with us to help us in so many ways. And so this role is so important and this role of emotional intelligence plays a significant impact on our level of well-being, as well as our ability to thrive and be resilient. 
So I'm curious, do you suppress your emotions to avoid conflicts perhaps, or uh, to avoid appearing vulnerable? Um, and does maybe emotional intelligence feel important, but you're not sure how to put it into practice? Or maybe you try to really be in touch with your emotions and try to understand where they're coming from. Uh, and that emotional intelligence has actually helped you communicate your needs better. It's actually helped you navigate choices in your life better. Or maybe you are the type of person where you express your emotions so openly and you find it very cathartic to express your emotions. And But maybe you struggle with regulating strong emotions. Maybe you find like really strong emotions like anger or frustration challenging at times. And so we have all different levels of emotional intelligence. We have all different awarenesses of emotion. And so today I just wanted to jump in because emotional intelligence is so crucial and it can help us in so many ways so that we can take our power back so we can focus on ourselves and we can connect to our needs, connect to what it is we want in our life. And it's so interesting because I started starting my day. I started like waking up and then thinking, what am I feeling? What am I wanting? What am I needing? And it was so amazing because actually the I want was so hard. I lost so track of my life at one point when I was in the muck of loving someone with an addiction that his my world revolved around his needs. And I started forgetting about what what does Andrea want and need? Like what what's important to me? What do I want? And so I created this ritual where in the mornings I would think about what I'm feeling. I would think about what I'm wanting. I would think about what I need in order to help me in, in my life. And, and that might work for you as well. So this idea of our world right now urges us to suppress or to trivialize our emotions. And I read such a good book and I really do highlight, recommend reading this book called Permission to Feel. And it's authored by Mark Brackett and he's a world renowned expert in emotional intelligence. And this book actually introduces us to the concept of emotional intelligence. It, it, it allows us to explore our feelings, to embrace our feelings and use them actually as transformative power and use it so that we can really thrive in our life and really enhance our well-being. So I just absolutely adore uh, this researcher and this book. It, it, he really creates, and that's what this whole podcast is inspired by. And it allows us to gain this deeper level of understanding that the notion that our emotions are either good while other ones are bad, it's really a new perspective on that. And from the world and in the world of positive psychology, you know, I'm obsessed with that. It's all about embracing all emotions, the good, the bad, the ugly, because they are they offer us such an insight and they're messengers and they each, every single emotion, all of them have a unique story to tell us. This book really does give us this invitation to embark on our personal exploration, to focus inward on ourselves, to cultivate mindfulness so that we can gain this awareness of experiencing our emotions, of 
understanding our emotions. It's an opportunity to develop. It's an opportunity to see what you want. It's an opportunity to have some growth in your life. So these skills, when we can really, really look at our emotions from that perspective and give ourselves permission, permission to feel, um, we're going to grant ourselves permission of understanding, of embracing these emotions and to learn and to grow. And so that we can live a life that feels really, really good to us. So some of the key takeaways, I thought I would just motor through some of my favorite key takeaways from this book is um, this permission to feel. It revolves all around the significance of our, um, our emotions and our intelligence around those emotions, right? It's so important for us to understand, for us to manage and to utilize our emotions effectively. So emotions are valid. That is the main, one of the main key takeaways in this book is that your emotions are valued. So what you experience, it's a fundamental aspect of what it means to be human. And in positive psychology, we always talk about the permission to be human. And so just by acknowledging that we need to value, we need to understand, we need to look at rather than suppressing or ignoring. And I can vouch for you when you take your emotions and you're sweeping them under the carpet, just like any old dirt or mold, if you don't clean it up, it's going to get worse. The smell is going to get worse. It's going to percolate. It's going to create a bulge under the carpet. So we can't keep doing that. And so this book is so powerful for healing. This book is so powerful. And I know, I don't know about you, but when I was in the muck of loving someone with an addiction, there were a lot of times where I had to, you know, suck it up buttercup and I had to put my emotions under the carpet. And also I sometimes ignored some really heavy duty emotions and kept going, kept going, kept going in a really abusive, not healthy relationship. And I ignored emotions that probably would have helped me in the long run. So I just, I'm here to emphasize this idea of giving yourself permission to feel and allow yourself to feel all the emotions, every single one, and see them as messengers, embrace them, look at them, try to understand them, see where they're coming from, and really, really have this aspect of not suppressing or ignoring them, of looking at them wholeheartedly. So first thing is emotions are valid. Emotions are fundamental aspects of being human and that they should be acknowledged and they should be valued and they we want to understand them. So another thing he introduces in his book is this concept of RULER. It's the acronym RULER. And so he introduces this framework, which helps us understand um, our emotions better. So the first one is R stands for recognize. And the U stands for understand. The L stands for label. And then the E stands for express and the R stands for regulate emotions. So this approach offers us this wonderful structured approach to developing more emotional intelligence and navigating those emotions more skillfully. And I'll go into a little more detail about those as well. So another key takeaway is just emotional awareness. So we want to develop emotional awareness. It is involves with recognizing our emotions accurately and identifying our emotions as an understanding 
of that they could become from triggers. There could be underlying causes to these emotions. So really becoming more aware of, hmm, every time this happens, I feel this. Or, you know, every time that happens, this happens. It's like emotional awareness is really key. It's about accurately identifying your triggers and actively accurately identifying your emotions as well. So being able to label them. So being able to say, huh, I feel this, this, and this, and uh, putting literacy on it. So that's another main key takeaway in his book is this emotional literacy. And this literacy is all about your ability to label and express emotions. So it's not just happy, sad, you know, worried. There are so many impossible emotions. So by having that literacy, this book encourages us to expand our emotional vocabulary and to develop the skills of communicating those feelings effectively when we have the words. So if we were to go into a doctor's office, for example, and we didn't have the words to describe the pain we're feeling in our elbow, it would be really hard for him to diagnose what's going on, right? And so this idea is if we have the language and the literacy and we have, you know, all these other possible feelings that we could be feeling, maybe it's bored, maybe it's um, unengaged, maybe it's, you know, lifeless, maybe it's drained, maybe it's frustrated, maybe it's exhausted, maybe it's joyful, maybe it's pleasant, maybe it's calm. There's so many impossible emotions that you could be feeling. And this book is really great. And also in positive psychology, it's all about in gaining, part of gaining emotional intelligence is learning the vocabulary, the literacy around possible emotions that you could be feeling so you can gain deeper understanding of what that emotion might be telling you. So this is emotional awareness. This is recognizing and accurately identifying your emotions and understand as well as understanding the triggers, right? That cause those emotions. So emotional regulation is another thing, right? managing emotions in a way that feels healthy and productive. So emotional regulation is part of emotional intelligence, giving yourself permission to feel, but then also learning how to manage those emotions that feels healthy and is productive for you. So instead of sitting in the emotion of perhaps anger, looking at it, processing it, recognizing I'm feeling angry right now. When I feel angry, I know what my body needs. So it's all about managing ways that can help you respond to your emotions more constructively. And so for me, I know when I'm under when I have emotions of anger, I need to just get out and move my body. I need to either run, I need to move things, I need to um, get my body moving to process that emotion of anger. So you might go to a kickbox class or karate or something. Um, so that's really important. So he also talks all about in his book, this emotion, emotions and learning. This is so huge. And this is in the field of positive psychology too, around self-awareness. And this is all about emotions and how they play such a crucial role in our learning, in our cognitive processes, 
It's really about highlighting the connection between emotional intelligence and academic performance and our learning, our capacity to learn and grow and get better. So when we become more aware of what emotions might be telling us and we become more aware of all the possible emotions that are going on, we become better equipped to, to tap into our resources, to know what we might be needing, to evaluate the uh, environment that we're in that's triggering these emotions so that we can better have a handle on what it is going on that really will enhance our self-efficacy. It'll enhance our ability to be proactive in our life and to make changes that are going to really facilitate resilience in our well-being. So he also talks about in his book, the emotional intelligence, how it influences our relationships 100%. And especially when you love someone with an addiction, you are going to have a whole gamut of emotions, right? And also to try and understand and empathize what others might be going through. So other people in the support group, other people, you know, that are going through a similar struggle will have very similar emotions and it can help build stronger connections. It can help you navigate conflict more effectively, the biggest thing here is, is coping strategies, right? Strategies such as mindfulness, such as deep breathing, such as journaling, journal out your frustration, journal out your exhaustion. You know, um, if you're exhausted, well, what are some self-care strategies that you could implement to help re-energize you? And so just by knowing when you have these feelings, what is it that you're needing? What is it that you're wanting? And so that you can manage difficult emotions and you can promote emotional well-being you can promote your wellness and so this is huge right that is like so if we just ignore emotions or we sweep them under the carpet then we're ignoring some signals we might be ignoring a really deep investigation of what it is that we really can do for our own well-being so the other thing is is that um it's so important for um for our own personal growth. So developing, I don't know, I couldn't get the words out there. So developing our own emotional intelligence contributes to our growth, to our resilience, to our learning and to our overall well-being. And so by accepting and understanding that our emotions are there, and it can lead to greater self-awareness and just empowerment, right? When we are knowing the whole list of possible emotions and we can recognize them, we can understand them, we can label them, we can express them effectively to ourselves, most importantly, and we can regulate them. This is so huge. And so I invite you to really investigate this ruler approach. And the ruler approach is that framework uh, uh, in this book, Permission to Feel. And it really can help you in developing more emotional intelligence and help you effectively manage your emotions. And so now it's not just that one comes and then the other comes and the other comes. It kind of like these things all happen simultaneously. So the first or one of the steps is recognizing this is all about becoming aware of your emotions as they come up. It's not about judging them. It's not about criticizing them. It's not about thinking I shouldn't be feeling that or I should be feeling this. It's all about just recognize that they're there. Recognizing emotions requires 
just being mindful in the moment and being self-aware. It's like, what's coming up for me? And so sometimes what I have to do, oh my gosh, because when sometimes when you're in a heated situation, it's almost like you need to have a buffer of time. So I sometimes would be like, how fascinating just to buy me a bit of time to respond instead of react. And so recognizing emotions is about experiencing your emotions without judgment, tuning into your feelings and acknowledging what you're experiencing without judgment. Don't judge yourself and recognize that it requires us to just calm and be mindful and present in the moment and become more self-aware, make more opportunities for that. How am I feeling? What emotions are coming up for me? Even print out the list of emotions from this book, Permission to Feel, because you'll be amazed at how many possible emotions you could be having. And then understanding. So after you recognize your emotions, just take time to sit there and understand why you're feeling a certain way. This, as you know, with this community, I'm all about self-compassion. And this is the self-compassion piece, right? Explore with compassion. What's what's triggering this? What's the situation? Or what is the thought that led to that emotion, right? If you're feeling nothing like the thought, you might have the thought, nothing I do is working. So then the emotion you're feeling is frustration probably. And so just offering yourself a bit of support and compassion. And like, it makes sense that when I feel helpless in this situation, that I'm going to feel frustrated. And, you know, and so then also recognizing that this deeper reflection and this insight into your source of your emotions can really help gain some understanding. It can gain empathy for yourself, compassion for yourself. And so explore the triggers, explore the situations. Also on the flip side, explore the triggers and the situations that make you feel really joyful, right? Explore the thoughts and the, in the hobbies and the, and the things that make you feel joyful. Um, and look at the things that make you feel playful. Look at the things also exploring those situations of where you are, you know, feeling happiness, joy, pleasure, peace, calm, uh, because that's a huge, that can inform us in so many ways, right? To do different things, to hang out with different people, to add more of those things into our life. And so I love this idea of, allowing us to recognize, understand, and label our emotions, label them, give them a name to your emotions. And all these steps will help And having that rich vocabulary of possible emotions, right? Um, Like, for example, instead of saying, I'm upset, you might use words like, I'm frustrated, I'm disappointed, I'm anxious. Like, what what are your emotions there? By labeling your emotion can help communicate to yourself what is going on for you? And then remember, it can also flip it. It's all these other emotions too. And then thinking about those situations and the triggers that or thoughts that that contribute to those emotions. Just that awareness alone, being able to recognize, being able to understand and being able to label, holy cow, huge insight. And it is our emotions literally are messengers. They're telling us something to help us move to something or move away from something, right? To do this more 
or to facilitate more of that in our life or to move a little bit more away from the other things. And of course, there may be steps. And of course, we want to learn because life isn't going to be all sunshine and butterflies. So sometimes we have to also learn then to regulate our emotions, which is one of the ruler's steps. And that is regulating your emotions refers to managing those emotions, your emotional responsive and making sure we're doing it in a constructive way. So some strategies, you know, Come up with a list of strategies for yourself to how you manage some of your intense emotions, right? Whether they're positive or negative, whether they're whatever emotions they are. So some regulation techniques might be just being mindful, maybe taking a few deep breaths, maybe going for a power walk, maybe it's calling a friend. I know sometimes for me, just calling a friend and talking things out can help really um, help me regulate those emotions. And also another technique that works really well for me is reframing. And I needed to do this so much. I would go down this catastrophizing, catastrophizing, I can never say that word, downward spiral, and I would ruminate and worry. And so I used to have to reframe my perspective. And I remember even at times like thinking, okay, no matter what, I am doing here, sitting here worrying or ruminating or going down that spiral. It is what it is. I have no control over that. And I don't know what he's doing. So right now I need to find ways to bring peace in my world because I was losing it those moments. So the idea here is, is that finding ways to regulate those emotions. I came up with a list of all the things that would instantly, and I call it in psychology, we call it down-regulate the nervous system, especially when we have some of those intense emotions. So for me, it's, it was burning incense. It would be doing some yoga. If I was really angry, I'd have to run. I'd power walk or I'd get out into nature. I would scream. Um, I'd go in my car. I would cry. Um, so I can have that release. Um, so again, techniques, figuring out techniques, and that could be a whole podcast, actually, how to downregulate our nervous system techniques to manage intense emotions. I'm saying it out loud so that we can like, I can definitely do that podcast. So yeah. So like thinking about it also in the positive flipping it, like when we have intense, good, joyful emotions and playful and we feel peace and it's like, what are those triggers? What are those situations that bring those emotions? Who are you talking to? What are you doing? Are you listening to podcasts? Are you reading an uplifting book? Are you saying affirmations? Are you pulling angel cards? Are you burning incense? Are you doing yoga? Are you talking to a best friend? Are you, what are you doing? So it's really good to be equipped to regulate these emotions and, and, and have that amazing insight can help us in many, many ways. All right. So some of the actionable nuggets, I'm all about actionable nuggets. You know me, I love that. And one of the, some of the actionable nuggets that you can apply to your life right away is this idea of mood meter check-ins. So what you want to do is just have some check-ins every now and then this will enhance your emotional awareness. So let's check in right now. What is your mood meter, right? So categorize your emotions right now, right? Are they intense? Are they pleasant? You know, are like, what is going on for you? So set aside a few moments each day to reflect on your emotions 
and think about where you are in terms of your emotions. This practice can help you just become more aware and in tune with your emotions. And you can start tracking patterns too. And this will really help you to make more informed decisions about how to manage your emotions, how to manage where you're going in life, what you're doing, who you're with, and also how you're responding to emotions, right? How you're responding to these feelings. How are these feelings, these emotions acting as messengers to you? What can you do with them? So powerful. So mood meter check-ins is a good technique. Um, the other one that I absolutely love is this idea of meta moments for regulation. So meta moments, it's a strategy to regulate your emotions. Meta moments is just about taking a pause when you notice a strong emotional reaction. So taking a pause when you have those strong emotional reactions bubbling up and reflecting, right? So this is how, so how can you respond in a balanced and constructive manner? So it's a meta moment. That's how we say, and I always say my meta moment is usually like how fascinating or interesting that you think that and taking that space just for that meta moment to really recognize and notice a strong emotional reaction and giving myself in that meta moment, it makes sense that I'm feeling this way. So that meta moment, I have to say, it's not easy, not easy. I'm not saying it's easy. It's hard, especially when you are dealing with a loved one's addiction. Instead of immediately reacting with emotion and instead of immediately at reacting to your, that emotion, it's about pausing, considering the situation and choosing a response that's more aligned with you, not letting anyone else around you push your buttons. So aligning your response to your goals, to your values, to what's important to you, to how you want to manage your own emotions. Right. And so this approach really is empowering. I remember having a meta moment for regulation. I'd be like, okay, I would, I used to actually pretend I had a button like that he was pushing my buttons. So I'd be like, kind of like ready to freak out. It's like, I knew he was trying to pick a fight so that we would, so he could leave and go do his thing. And I remember I would go like this, almost like hit the pause, hit my, my reaction pause button. I, I would, I'm pointing my thumb and my index finger for the podcast listeners. And it's almost like I would like take a meta moment because I needed to just have that pause. I wouldn't, because so many things were so ridiculous and it'd be so easy to just react and freak out that it got to the point where I was practicing being a gray stone, where I wasn't reacting and wasn't letting him push my buttons. And because I knew he was just picking fights anyway. And so I would just push almost like I would hit the pause with my thumb to my, in, my index finger and just take a meta moment. Like when I have these strong emotions coming up, it's like, okay, this is your problem. I have nothing to do with it. So you do what you need to do, but I'm not going to fight with you right now. And trust me, it didn't happen that way every time, but it's almost like that meta moment helps me with really intense emotions um, and help me kind of get back into my prefrontal cortex, the part logical thinking part of my brain and help me to assess my goals, my values, what's important to me. Do I really want to engage? Is it worth my energy and effort? Half the time he'd be high and drunk anyway. So he wasn't even responding. He wouldn't, I, the no conversation I would have had with him would have worked in that moment anyway. So 
so yeah, so just this approach can be quite empowering. It's hard, not easy. I'm not going to lie. And then another thing is just general emotional, intelligent conversations, practicing that ruler technique that we talked about. So recognizing, understanding, labeling, expressing and journaling this, right. Or engaging in conversations as you work through the ruler. I remember I would write down R like recognize. Okay. So let's recognize. And I would journal about that. Then I would be understand. Oh, how can I offer myself compassion? Understand. It makes sense that I have that emotion in that situation. And what's really triggering that emotion is this, 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 and this. And then I would label all the emotions I was feeling. I would express kind of what was going on for me and, um, and really like thinking about those emotions and expressing them to myself and offering compassion and understanding to myself. And that's really about expressing your emotion and then obviously regulating them. Like, what am I needing in this moment? What is it? What am I needing in this moment? You know what? I need to reach out to my friend, Allison. I'm going to chat with her or, you know what? I'm needing to go have a nice, healthy salad, or I'm needing to go yell at nothing, the wall, or I need to do a middle finger up dance to, we're not going to take it anymore. Twisted sister, like whatever it is for you. And trust me, I did that so often to the wall. I'd be doing it to the wall. And that helped me just process the emotion, get it out. And, um, and, and so, yeah, the other thing you can do is this idea of emotional scientist. I love this idea. So becoming an emotional scientist is that basically giving yourself permission to feel. And this concept of becoming an emotional scientist is all about encouraging us to approach our emotions from curiosity and openness. And you know, I'm obsessed with positive psychology and Carol Dweck's work in the growth mindset. And this is all about remaining curious is like being a learner. How can I learn and grow from this instead of going into the judger pits? Like, how could I be so stupid? Or why, why am I doing this? Or like, I keep getting angry yet. I still stay around or see how mean that is to ourselves. So becoming an emotional scientist is this idea of embracing and and understanding and encouraging us to approach our emotions with openness, with curiosity, with understanding, with compassion, just like a scientist would approach a new discovery or a scientist would like, you know, like keep researching and look to more and delve into learning and things like that. So this concept allows us to take a step back from our emotions and examine them from a more objective sort of standpoint and kind of say, okay, yes. So when you're feeling this, here are great things that you could do that have worked in the past. It's kind of like talking to yourself and becoming your own, like having that perspective shift and taking a role almost as an observer instead of being in it, right? And looking and understanding the why, the how, and the what of your feelings, becoming that emotional explorer. That worked for me so well. And and I often couldn't do it in the moment. I'd have to go in journal and kind of like take a pause or go outside in nature and sit in the sun and kind of write out what was going on for me. And just that alone, that becoming that mindset of an emotional scientist is so good. And so what we want to do is cultivate curiosity Approach your emotions with a sense of curiosity rather than judgment. Ask yourself why you're feeling a certain way. 
what triggered that emotion and how it's affecting your thoughts, how it's affecting your life and your behaviors, just getting curious without any judgment. And then that'll naturally reduce any impulsive reactions or reacting to situations. So it's a it's that it's a role that emotional scientists allows us to give us a space that pause before reacting impulsively to our emotions. It really enables us to respond and that respond in a way that is true to us. That's important to us that can help us navigate which direction we're going in life that can really help us take a moment. It's like, okay, let's look at this in a deeper way. And it enables us to choose responses and choose action. This is huge. It allows us to choose action or direction in our life that is going to be good for our well-being, that's going to keep us resilient, that's going to help us build up our, uh, our safeguard, our mental health as well. So that is so important. And also it enhances emotional regulation, right? It, it promotes us to analyze patterns, see triggers behind emotions and gain this bigger self-awareness that can empower us. And it can help us to actually come up with solutions, possibilities, uh, strategies that help us to better manage our feelings and our life in general, which is so huge. It's so huge, right? And this is all the permission to feel, the biggest, biggest takeaway I would love for you to take here is this idea of promoting self-compassion. Viewing yourself as an emotional scientist can lead to just a greater understanding of what's going on and, and, and offer this compassion, being kind to yourself, giving you warm regard when you're going through challenging situations and emotions. And so by being, it, it moves you away from being critical and hard on yourself and, you know, being, we're already going through so much when we love someone with an addiction or have lost someone to addiction. There are so many emotions going on. So we don't need to add that critical voice that, you know, pointing fingers, that shame and blame and that we want to really approach our emotions with acceptance fostering kinder relationships with ourselves, with understanding. So, so, so important. And giving yourself permission to feel, to have all these emotions and see them as messengers. So I hope you got a lot out of this. So I love that ruler, uh, that concept. And I got inspired for this podcast from the book, Permission to Feel by Mark Brackett. He does emphasize the importance of emotional intelligence and offers us that wonderful recognize, understand, label, express, and regulate as a guide to navigate our emotions so that we can we can be kind of propelled in the right direction so we can grow from this, so we can have a healthier relationship with ourselves, so we can embrace our emotions as valuable sources of insight, right? So it can provide us tools so that we can better look at our life and engage in ways that feel powerful, that feel good to us. And so that's about it. I'm, I'm curious, like how might your life change if you approached your emotions as super valuable messengers, how would your life change if you approached every emotion, all of them, and embraced them with a huge hug and said, okay, these are valuable sources of insight. 
These are guiding me towards a deeper understanding. These emotions are guiding me to make great growth opportunities, better decisions, or change the decisions, or it's going to create a richer connection with yourself. How might your life change if you approached your emotions as valuable sources of insight that guide you towards a deeper understanding and better connection with yourself? How might that change? It's so powerful. So, so, so powerful. I love it. I love it. Love it. So permission to feel. I'm giving you that permission. Let's unlock the power of your emotions and allow it to help us thrive. Let's really connect with our emotions. I hope this was helpful. I know that this is a really in-depth topic that we talk a lot about, permission to feel, because what you're going through is so incredibly hard. And I just wanted to, you know, take my heart and wrap you in compassion and love because Although I'm not in the muck of loving someone with an addiction at this time, I was there. I know how hard it is. It is so incredibly taxing. And so I want you to know that I'm here for you. This is a one-way conversation. The podcast coming on the lives here. And I just want you to know that you're not going to be annoying if you private message me or direct message me or leave comments wherever you're watching or listening to this. I love it. I love feeling the interaction. I'm here for you. You are not alone. I always joke that I'm your new best friend. (laughs) I always wish that we were meeting under different circumstances, but we have to be here for each other as a light. This is what this whole group is, the community, the podcast, everything. I'm re-gigging, re-gigging, re-energizing or re-gigging. Is that the word? I don't know if that's the word. We're re-gigging, if it's the word. And we're we're redoing the website to make it so user-friendly. It's going to be app-friendly. So you're just going to be able to navigate it through your Uh, through your phone. And I know a lot of times what was happening to me is I I needed to just leave my home. And so a lot of the times I was doing research on my phone. And so I wanted to make it so user-friendly for you, the community, so that you can access all the resources on there, all the wonderful you know, podcasts, my book, audio book, and everything. I want it to be really user-friendly in a place that you can go and navigate easily. So we're re-gigging it, re-jigging it, re-jigging it. We're redoing it. There, there we go. We're redoing it so that it's so user-friendly. So if you have to be on a mobile device, it's going to be so user-friendly for you. So if you haven't gone to the website in a while, it's still under construction a little bit, but you might want to go there. Just get your name in there. We also have our exciting Saving You Is Killing Me, Loving Someone With An Addiction magazine coming out this fall. And there are there's so many great articles in there for you and resources and links. And I, if you are on our list or you are in our app and you are on our website, you will be the first to get that. You're going to get access to that. So I really encourage you to go to savingyouiskillingme.com and at least just enter into the website so that uh, you can gain access. You'll be the first to get it in your inbox that Saving You is Killing Me, Loving Some with an Addiction, also called Live Life Happy Magazine. And it's all about resilience, building up your well-being. It's focused on you and not your addicted loved one and all about prioritizing you. So it's really, really excited. Lots of great things coming our way. Not to mention... I have a new book coming out, Saving Me One Day at a Time. It's coming out on September 8th. 
and you might be listening to this, might be available already, or you know what, you can still be part of the launch crew and you will gain access to this book as well as my other book. I have so many perks and benefits for the launch crew. And all I'm asking is for you to help me spread the word, get the book into the hands of people that need it because we don't need to struggle alone. It already is such an isolating experience loving someone or losing someone to addiction that I don't want people to feel that way. So I'm on a mission to get my books and the podcast and this community into the hands of people that need it. So please, please, please help. If you want to join the crew, the launch crew, um, just go to the website and you'll see, click on the launch crew and you can be a part of it. And that's about it. You'll get all kinds of perks for helping, helping me spread the word. And I'm so grateful for you being here. So again, sending huge love and hugs through the line, through the camera. Um, and I hope that it wraps you like a cocoon and sending you so much love. And uh, I hope you're doing as good as can be because I know it's not always easy. Take care, everybody. Thank you for listening. If you want additional support, you can head on over to our website at savingyouiskillingme.com where we have a wonderful, supportive, compassionate community. We are here for you. You are not alone. We also have a private Facebook group and Instagram feed called Saving You Is Killing Me, Loving Someone With An Addiction. Be sure to subscribe here so you get the latest episodes. And, of course, share this with your community and your support groups or anyone that's going through this struggle so we can all work together to take our lives back and restore joy. Thank you so much for joining me, not only today, but week after week. Although I wish we were meeting under different circumstances, I'm so grateful that I get to show up for you and share these episodes so that we can go on this journey together. Until next week, sending hugs.